Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today as we are each and every week from 3 to 5, every weekday. 3 to 5, it is wonderful to be with you. We talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective on the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. You know, we live in a time where critical thinking is something that is often lacking, but it shouldn't be lacking for the believer. And there's a great opportunity to uh, hear from a couple of people who do a lot of critical thinking. Uh, and I want to tell you about that. With me to talk about it is Todd Smith. He is the founder and senior pastor of Crossroads Community Church in Santa Clarita, California. And Crossroads will be hosting an event this Thursday night, February 29th, 29th, with Dr. Kevin DeYoung and Dr. Al Moeller. It's called Crucial Thinking in Critical Times. And that's going to be Thursday, February 29th. Uh, that's coming up this Thursday. It's going to be question and answer. And uh, Todd will tell you a little bit more about it. Todd Smith, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thanks so much, Pastor Scott. Love being on your show. I love the the fact your name's Pastor Scott. Because because my name, Todd, Pastor Todd, they always say Pastor Scott. And so now I'm actually with a Pastor Scott. There's a connection between our names. That's right. My first name is Pastor. My last name is Scott. Scott, That's the confusing part. There you go. Not really, not really. People don't. Yeah, well, Pastor, it is good to be with us. Tell us about yourself and a little bit about Crossroads. Yeah, so uh, I pastor, senior pastor of Crossroads Community Church, planted the church uh, coming up on 18 years ago. I spent my first half of my career in business, secular business. God took me out of that, went to seminary, graduated, and planted a church. And um, I've been married uh, to my bride, who I met when she was 12. I was 13. Well, it wasn't legal in our state to get married, so I stalked her for five years. Yeah, you did, huh? Yeah, and I finally convinced her God's will is me. And uh, we got married. We have three very expensive kids. And uh, all three are grown out of the house. Thank you, Jesus. And um, they are married. And I just celebrated my fourth grandkid. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. So before you were called into ministry, you were in business. What did you do? Uh, I worked for uh, a national health care company okay. uh, for um, a company that provided uh, medical goods across the country and worked in their senior management. Loved my career. Loved being with non-Christians, but felt a profound uh, sense that God was calling me to quit my career go to seminary and plant a church, which I don't recommend anybody doing that quickly. But right. when you're a little bit older, you got to move quicker because you have less time. Do you, yeah, that's true, you know. Exactly. But yeah. Do you feel like, uh, and it's interesting to me because I had other careers, many of them before going into ministry too, um, and, I, and some of it in business, but I felt like that really helped me as a pastor. You know what? I absolutely believe that. I don't think I don't look back and go, "Those were wasted years." Not at all. Mm. I look back and those were seminary preparation years. Yeah. Because when I'm preaching from the pulpit, I've actually spent more time on the other side of the pulpit than the side I'm on now. So, I mean, I know what it's like to be sitting there going, "I got a three o'clock plane flight from LAX today." Right. I know what that person's thinking in their mind, <laughs> and and so um, there, there's something that I think enhances my ability to preach. 
is because I've been on that side of the pew for so many years. Yeah, I think that helped me in the same way. You know, and and for most pastors don't have that going on, right? But they have other things that have gone on in their life, and it influences each one of us. Sure, sure. And I, it, hey, I would love to have grown up, gone to Bible college, seminary, and, and started pastoring, but that wasn't God's plan for me. Yeah. You know, I make my plans. Proverbs sixteen nine. I make my plans. The Lord directs my steps, and He directed it into secular work, and then He redirected it into uh, vocational ministry. And I think he redeemed all that time. And you've been there 18 years now. Coming up on 18 years, they're still giving me an office and a paycheck. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Todd, you know, you have this uh, this conference coming up. It's called Crucial Thinking in Critical Times with Dr. Kevin DeYoung and Dr. Al Mohler. It's a pretty impressive lineup you've got. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're pretty fired up about this, Pastor Scott, because, uh, you know, how do you get two giants of the faith like this to collide together in the same night? And what's going to make this night so significant is it's all Q&A. So it's not like the token Q&A at the end with three kind of pre-planned questions. This is for audience interaction. And it's a free event. Uh, It runs from 6.30 to 8.30. We're bringing them both in. And both of them come from two different generations, which I think will be very interesting and significant. And we're going to be looking at the three institutions that God has created, the family, the church, and the government. And uh, we're going to pepper them with questions all night because, you know, I've, this whole event is based off that Second Chronicles 16.9 when it says the men of Ishkar, um, they understood their times and they knew what Israel should do. And what I so appreciate about Dr. Moeller and Dr. DeYoung is they, they understand the times that we're living in. And they also know what the scripture says we should do. And and to me, we got two men of Ishkar coming Thursday night to Santa Cruz Valley. Who wouldn't want to be there to ask questions? I mean, it's just going to be an off the chart night of Q and A with these guys. What time uh, and uh, what time does it start? And uh, what's it cost? It's free. Yeah, so it starts at six thirty, runs to eight thirty, and then the best news of all, it's uh, it's free to uh, the entire community, into our city, and to uh, the, the listeners uh, here today. It's a free event, and you know, us Christians, we like free things. So uh, this is going to be a great night. <laughs> yes, we do. Free is good. <laughs> free is good. Uh, and uh, the website is lifeatcrossroads.org for your yeah. church. Yeah, lifeatcrossroads.org, and you can meander on the site and find out. You don't need to register. You don't need to buy a ticket. You just show up uh, Thursday night. Uh, if you have some littles, we have uh, child care for zero to three. All right, that's good to know. So that's called um, Crucial Thinking in Critical Times with Dr. Kevin DeYoung and Dr. Al Moeller, Thursday, February 29th. You get this extra day. Did you decide, we got an extra day this year. What should we do? I don't know. Call Al, see if he wants to come Exactly. In. And we'll, he'll probably be available in four more years when it's a leap year again. <laughs> yeah, that's right? right. That's pretty much how that works. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Pastor Todd Smith, the senior pastor of Crossroads Community Church. Todd, it's a it's a subject, you know, when you talk about the times we live in and the family, the church, and the government, three different areas where God has structured or meant to structure society, we are living in a time where all three of those things are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say it's worse than that. It's not struggling. They've been under attack, besieged for decades now, and what we are is downstream from that attack, and we're Mm. seeing we're just seeing the the obliteration that took place. Satan went after the home. Satan went after the church. And Satan had his heyday in government. You you take those three structures that God implants into a culture away, that culture disintegrates rather rapidly. 
And I think disintegrates is the right word, right? That we are seeing a trouble in the family, trouble at church, trouble in government. That'll be the theme of your event coming up on Thursday night, uh, those three areas. Should we be discouraged or how do we not be discouraged when we we hear these things are disintegrating, family, church, government disintegrating? That doesn't sound too good. Yeah, no, I, and I, I, man, I hear it and I feel it. I, I grew up in the greatest decade ever, the, the 80s, and uh, came of age in the 80s. And there was still this optimism about our culture. It's a Christian nation. It's, it's a quote-unquote Christian government. And family was still a family unit and nuclear family. Everybody had 2.3 kids. And so there was kind of this bubble that we lived in. And make no mistake, that bubble has been popped. Yeah. And, and we don't – it's not coming. It's not like it's about to be popped. We better change course. It's already happened. It's in the rearview mirror. So now, now we're living in times of Old Testament times where you see the nation of Israel just being uh, hammered by um, pagan governments, pagan authorities, and they're having to live inside this culture that is unlike anything that God has designed it to be. And I, I'm still really hopeful. I'm not the pessimist. It's funny. We're going through Revelation at our church, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And, um, uh, you know, everybody everybody seems to be uh, amped up of, oh, my goodness, Pastor, it's it's the end times. This thing's, gonna, this thing's going sideways. It's horrible. And there's part of me goes, well, isn't that kind of the plan? Like, right. <laughs> right. Have you read the book? Have you read the book? Because at the end, things get crazy. And maybe we're at the end. I, I would love that. So I'm more hopeful that either one of two things are going to happen. Either there's going to be a great revival mm-hmm. or there's going to be the return of Christ. As I look at it, I can't lose either way. And, and so I just, uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, Pastor Scott, I, I just celebrated having my fourth grandkid, my first granddaughter. And everybody over the last number of years with these grandkids always say to me, oh, I'm so sorry, Pastor. Your grandkids have to grow up on a day like this. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, I am so excited for my grandkids to grow up in this day because every culture needs a Daniel and every culture needs an Esther. And my boys are going to be Daniels and my girls are going to be Esthers. And they were born for such a time as this. The Lord is not sitting up in heaven tossing back Maylocks because he's so worried about what's happening in the United States. Everything that feels like it's falling out of place is actually falling into place, and God's eternal clock and plan is ticking according to plan. I, I just have a more optimistic view because I, I trust a sovereign God. Yeah. You know, in our faith, Christian faith is actually an optimistic faith. I think we forget that sometimes, that we see everything falling apart, and oh my gosh, this and that, and and we get into petty things. But I see my kids the same way. As I told my son, you're going to be the generation who gets to see all of this, and they do, which I think is really interesting, and do something about it. Right. I mean, it might be that Jesus is going to come back, and that whole thing is happening. But like you said, we might be about to have a big revival, something we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah, I, I really think we're set for either one of those. Yeah. I don't see us staying in this in this kind of malaise uh, f- forever. I think one of two things are going to happen, the return of Christ or, or revival. And, and I can put my head on the pillow at night because, not because the news was great, um, but I can put my head on the pillows because my God's sovereign. He reigns, he reigns above the heavens. He reigns over everything. Proverbs 21, 1. Uh, the heart of a king is like a stream of water in the Lord's hands. He he turns that sucker any way he wants. 
And and I, I fall back if my God's sovereign, and guess what? He runs those pompous potentates. He runs them like puppy, uh, puppets. And, and, and I have to just sit back and trust, do my part as a citizen, but I have to sit back and trust a God who sees everything and knows everything. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Pastor Todd Smith from Crossroads Community Church. Pastor, you, when you're talking about the... the the vote coming up and, uh, you know, March 5th and, and, you know, our show, we end up talking about a lot of that and the school board issues. And there's so many things on the ballot that matter, but at the end of the day, God is sovereign over all of it. You know, how do you look at that when you see the elections are going a certain way, you know, whatever happens, what do you say to your church about how to view uh, God and government, God's sovereignty and government? Yeah, you know, I, I step back and I, I don't see God as the author of evil, um, but I do see him the publisher of it. And and what I mean by that is uh, the pain, the suffering, the evil that we see, um, God takes no pleasure in that. But make no mistake, a sovereign God uses pain, suffering, and evil like a tool on his Swiss army knife. And he's using it for a purpose. I don't know why. I, I don't even know why I do certain things yesterday, but let alone know why the God of the universe allows some of this stuff to actually happen. But I do know this, is that he's sovereign over it. He publishes it. He's going to use it for our good, his glory. I don't, that's not just something I believe, that's something I trust what I believe. Hmm. And, and, and for me, that's why I stay hopeful even in an election year. The Lord already knows the election. We may not know it for six months after the election, but <laughs> the Lord knows the outcome already. He knows the end from the beginning. And, and my hope is not, is not in who's in the White House. And I tell our church all the time, we should be less concerned about who's in the White House and be more concerned about who's in our house. Mm. Because let me tell you, the way you're going to turn back this country is one home at a time. That's right. Um, so far, the politicians haven't been able to do it. So plan A doesn't work. We got to go to plan B, and that is changing out every house, not just the White House. You know, the places where we have influence, actually, Absolutely. We, we have a vote, but our influence as people are with the people in our lives, people we work with or go to school with. And by influence, I don't mean power. I mean, we, we love them. Right. A- absolutely. And, and I, I don't want to have I don't want to have power over somebody. I, I want to have the ability to influence them. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've lost we've lost all common sense. You know, common sense is a flower that used to grow in every garden, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the the attractiveness to the gospel and to the word of God is going to become brighter and brighter because it makes sense. It's the only worldview that actually answers the questions adequately. It's the way we live should be so attractional, as Jesus says, that it should prove that he is the Son of God and that he came. And so I, I think the church has got to get busy about being the church. And um, we keep wanting judgment to come to our country. Let me just tell you, First Peter 4.17, Peter says, judgment begins with the household of God. Mm. And, and let me tell you, the world will only repent after the church repents. And, and the church has got to repent first. We've got to get back on mission. We've got to get back on gospel focus and living out our faith so that in a non-common sense society, they look at us and they go, that's very different. You mentioned that you were preaching through verse by verse the book of Revelation. Are you going in order? Yeah, going like, in order, verse by verse, 
chapter by chapter, I'm sure my congregation will hate me in a couple of years. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I've done it that way before. I've actually found that uh, one of the most profound things in that book when you go through it, and I encourage people regularly to go through it. You won't understand all of it, but you will get the point. Right. Is one of the things you just said in the first part of that book, it's Jesus talking to the church today about what we need to do today. Right. And that's what's on Jesus's mind. That's exactly it. And that just tells me the judgment begins with us first. Mm-hmm. It begins with the church. Get Churches, get your, your houses in order, get your churches in order. And then then God can start to deal with the culture. But, you know, I, I don't worry about the, the nations crumbling because in Revelation, I'm so hopeful. I, I just preached through the, the whole church to Thyatira. We're, we're promised if we stay faithful – we're going to rule over the nations. I mean, how crazy is that? We keep trying to change the, something in the mayor's office. We're going to rule and we're going to judge the nations. I've read the end of the book, as they often say, and we win. And that's what happens later. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But I, I don't live in consternation. I, I, I'm sad. I, nobody likes evil. Nobody likes the direction of our country. I want to change it. I want to do my part. But I don't let that just become the joy sucker out of my life yeah where we become miserable and angry christians for jesus you're listening to the pastor scott show my guest is pastor todd smith if you want to join our conversation you can give us a call at 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 when you talk about the the church dealing with itself you know what do you mean by that what do we need to do it's hard because there's different churches and every congregation has different things going on. And when you say that, what does that mean to you? Sure, that's a great question because at our church, Crossroads, we're just an independent Bible teaching church. And so I often say, hey, if the Bible says to do it, we do it. If the Bible says don't do it, we don't do it. And then we don't make up anything in between because we got plenty to go on 66 books. So we try to keep things real simple. And and that is we just we want to we want to be true to the scriptures. And I think what happened in the garden is happening again in the church. Mm. And that is, did God really say, and is that what God really meant? Mm. And what we're seeing is a, 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 an age of toleration with the truth of Scripture that I think we have no business tolerating. Just read the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation, and it comes down to truth. It comes down to faithful obedience to what God has said. But we live in a day where churches, they're punting on truth. Um, they're asking the same question that Satan asked, and that was, did God really say that, Eve? And is that what God really meant, Eve? And um, when you get to that level, that's where, that's where the repentance needs to come in. And that's where part of the disintegration of the whole culture is, right, is that we don't want to, as a culture, in education and government, in our politics, we don't want to say there is truth, Right. right, you've got your truth. I've got your my truth. You know those kinds of things. The church does that itself uh, sometimes. Absolutely, and and everybody can stand back and say I have the version of of truth. The problem is there's only one version. That's right. <laughs> you know, two plus two always equals four. It never equals three. Yeah, and I don't, you know your truth to you saying well it equals three isn't true because it's not truth. And uh, I think that's the the scary part. We've seen that happen in our culture. And now to appease the culture, the church is starting to ask the same questions. Is that what he meant? Is that what he said? And they're starting to punt 
on the truth and saying, well, that's your truth, but that's not how we interpret the Bible or how we see it. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great thing about the conference coming up at your church this coming Thursday night, February 29th. It's called Crucial Thinking in Critical Times. It's free, and it's with Dr. Kevin DeYoung and Dr. Al Moeller. Uh, these are two great speakers who are going to address questions. It's all Q&A, right? Yeah, all Q&A. So we're going to be able to pick their brains, um, uh, free-form questions. And uh, like I said, these are the guys that have, you know, the New York Times open on the coffee table on one side, and they have the Word of God open on the other side of the coffee table. And they're able to use and blend those together to see what's happening in culture through the eyes of Scripture. And I think it really matters to know the times, not just for yourself, but for your relationships with the people that are in your world. Absolutely. Right, where you have that influence. Are you able to stay around? You wrote a book that's, I think, on a great subject called Dark Valleys When You Love Jesus But Hate Life. Hey, I'm like a bad cold. Can I ask you about that? I'm a bad cold. I'll stay around anytime. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, very good. My guest is Dr. Todd Smith. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, and we'll be back and talk about uh, his book. You can go to lifeatcrossroads.org to learn more about the conference coming up Thursday night, this Thursday, February 29th, Crucial Thinking in Critical Times at Crossroads Community Church in Santa Clarita. We'll be back as the Monday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. My guest is Todd Smith. He is the founder and senior pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Santa Clarita, California. And uh, Todd, thanks for being with us again. And holding on here. Uh, you wrote a book, and I'm curious about it. I want to ask you about it. It's called Dark Valleys, When You Love Jesus But Hate Life. Right. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. I don't know that I've ever hated life, hmm. right, even as a pastor. But I have had times where it seemed more, it seemed to me that it would be a really good idea to put on some really ugly green shorts that my wife doesn't like and just go sit on the beach and have a cigar or something and that'd be it. That would just, that be, would just be a better day yeah. for me. Yeah. So tell us about this book, because I think a lot of people in the church don't want to not acknowledge that we have dark times. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a big issue for sure. And part of the reason I wrote the book, um, I, 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 I preached through Psalm 23, and our congregation really responded to the the heart of the shepherd and the kindness of the shepherd of he leads you through these valleys and he makes you lie down in green pastures. And as I was uh, preaching through that, I picked up a book called Spurgeon's Sorrows. And I learned something about uh, Spurgeon, and that was uh, he missed a third of his Sundays, preaching days, due to depression and sickness. Wow. And that was just like an aha moment for me. Hmm. And so I wrote a blog about the shepherd guiding us through. And nobody read my blog except my kids because I made them. But what I found out, I started going to Starbucks, and people actually had read my blog. And they would come up to me, not even from my church, and they would say, Pastor, thank you for writing that. Nobody knows, but I've really struggled with mild depression or despair at times. And I, I just haven't been, uh, I haven't been able uh, or feel free enough to tell anybody that. So I just want you to know, thank you. Hmm. And after about the 12th, 15th time I heard that, I was like, I got to do something because I don't have time to keep talking in Starbucks. I got to, I got to write on this. And so I, I just said, I'm going to write a book. And so the whole book is about people that go through dark valleys. 
Um, it's not a fix-it book. It's not uh, take this book and everything's good in the morning. That's part of the problem that we find ourselves in is we want a quick fix. Um, but this is a reminder to people that, yeah, you will go through the valley of the shadow of death, but you're not going to die there. Mm. You're going to go through it. There's no way out of it. There's only a way through it. And um, I try. I always say this book is meant to be just a tall glass of ice water to a parched heart. And um, try to help people to uh, think biblically, think about our shepherd, how he leads us, how he makes us lie down. And we go through seasons. The Lord made me lie down in a green pasture. I didn't realize that green pastures could be um, hospital beds. And and sure enough, he made me lie down in, mm. in a hospital bed. It was a green pasture because I was I I was fed by the shepherd in that moment. And what happened? I ended up with a really weird. Um, uh, I got pancreatitis mm. uh, it was from this immune thing going on, and it it put me on the side uh, for about six months to a year. And uh, God says, "I'm going to take you to school." And um, you know, I have I have more degrees than I do smarts, but I will tell you this. I learned more in the school of suffering than I ever did in the school of theology hmm. because the shepherd became real to me. It's yeah. like Job says, but now I've seen you. And uh, for me, it was trying to try to encourage people that you can get through this. It's no quick fix, no helicopter ride out, but you can get through this. And we track with the shepherd through the whole book. If you want to join our conversation, by the way, with Pastor Todd Smith, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. The book, again, is called Dark Valleys, When You Love Jesus But Hate Life. Um, we were talking in the break, and both of us being pastors for a long time, something that we've noticed is that there are a lot of people who are going through terrible things in our churches, but they don't tell anybody. Yeah. Like, they might tell us because we're the pastor. Right. And I had I can't even tell you how many people would come up to me and share terrible things going on, but beg me not to put it on the prayer list. Don't ask. Don't tell the board. Don't tell anybody. Just, you know. And I thought, I wonder how many people are not even telling anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's a silent sufferers are in the shadows of of every church. Mm. And it's because they've watched the church as a whole fight about what the solution is. There are some that go uh, all about therapy and, and medication, and it's take, take these three pills and you'll be fine in the morning. Right. Or you go the, up, the far extreme the other way and say, it's not about therapy, it's not about pills, it's, it's just scripture. Take these three scriptures and I'll see you in the morning. And um, because of those north-south pole dichotomies, I think people are afraid to, to step up and say, I suffer from it because of the solution that they're seeking. They know they're going to be condemned one way or the other. Mm. And so what I tried to do is not solve that tension. I, I think things, things can break below my neck. And if they can break below my neck, they can break above my neck. And we're made of body and spirit. So I think it's a, it's a both and. And what I try to do is to help people um, find the shepherd and follow him. And as they followed him, what happens is you, you, you stop chasing happiness. And the problem that people get in is if they're silent sufferers, they're trying to find happiness. And happiness, just by definition, is, is a crazy word. It, the root word is hap. We get happenstance, haphazardly. So it means if you're happy today, Pastor Scott, it's only a mere accident. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mere chance, all right? And it's going to be gone in a moment. What, what I try to do in the book is help people find joy. Yeah. 
And joy, the, the best definition I've ever been given is joy is the deep down settled confidence that God is in control of every detail of my life. It is a settled confidence. Mm. It's not the giggles. It's not a bunch of laughter. It's real joy. And so what I want to do is help that person in our church that's suffering to help set their expectations. I want you to find really good, lasting joy following the shepherd. And, and, and then give them some practical, very practical things in the book of some things to actually do. Yeah. Well, give us an example of a couple of those of what it means, practically speaking, to follow the, the shepherd through uh, the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. One of them is the obvious one is uh, to follow the shepherd through the valley. You got to get outside, and um, if you're just if you're just staying inside and, and you're not outside, that's a problem because isolation is a slow bleeding death. Mm. And so, one of the things I, I encourage people to do is you need to be outside. You don't need to go to become a gym rat and work out twenty four seven, but you need to be outside in God's creation. And you need to be um, exercising because God has built in this that you talk about. You talk about medication. He has built a laboratory inside of our bodies that when we start to activate through um, being outside through mild ex- exercise, man, we're all of a sudden our pharmacy alarm goes off and it's shooting all kinds of chemicals to our body that brings real health to our body. Yeah. And so just by mere definition, you got to go through the valley, which means you got to get outside. Most silent sufferers stay inside too long. They wait too long to tell, and then they stay inside thinking the solution is inside of themselves and inside that house, and it's not. And maybe the solution is just going to happen one day, and then you'll walk out and be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the the idea of doing something practically, I think, is it's really critical to a lot of what we do in church and in life because we often will have a conversation about what it would look like if I did these steps. Right. Right. And then there's some great end to how that would look like, but then we don't do those steps. So we never reach that, that end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or the, or the end picture is unrealistic. Right. You know, Jesus says in this world, you'll have tribulation. Well, <laughs> that, that's pretty straightforward. It's, it, you know, it's this going is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's not, this isn't heaven. Heaven's coming, but it's not yet. And so you got to also calibrate your uh, expectation. For Paul, he had a thorn in his flesh for who knows how many years. And I don't know about you, Pastor Scott, but I'd vote to have the Apostle Paul's thorn removed. I think he deserves it. I think he's worthy of that. But that's not the answer he got. My grace is sufficient is what what the Lord gave him. And so you got to make sure your expectations are are right. Again, the goal isn't uh, happiness and giggles. It's a deep down settled confidence that God is in control of every detail of my life. And I think that gives you, from my own experience and from many people I've seen, it gives you the confidence to go through what I like to call a crucible. People are going to go through crucibles. You yes. know, crucible is something that changes you, right? It's that, that vessel that you pour molten you know, metal into and it reshapes it into something else. Well, if God is your crucible, you'll come out changed for the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's uh, the both and. And that's what, you know, my book is, again, it's not a fix it. It's not like you read this book and you're going to be fixed. Uh, I know it's not a simple answer. It's a complex answer, but there is an answer in this book. And it's getting behind that shepherd when you find yourself in the furnace of affliction. Like you said, when the fire gets hot, and it does in this lifetime. But isn't that the hope of heaven, too? That's right. Is we, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death with great hope. We know on the other side, as I often tell our church, your last breath on earth is your best breath ever. 
because we stand in the presence of perfection. That's right. The book is called Dark Valleys, When You Love Jesus But Hate Life. If you're watching it at KKLA.com or on Rumble, uh, you can see me holding up the book right here. And the author is sitting across from me, Todd Smith. He's the pastor uh, of uh, Crossroads Community Church in Santa Clarita. Uh, Todd, where can I get this book? Other than the one I'm holding, I've got. But That's if your I'm book. listening yeah. or watching, you know, where do I get it? Yeah, uh, easiest place is uh, Amazon.com. Amazon.com. Yeah. Everybody knows that place. Everybody knows that place. Uh, Barnes and Noble uh, also.com. Any place where books are sold. Anywhere books as are they sold. used to say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Todd, I really appreciate it. I think this uh, a lot of people are going through stuff that they don't want to uh, hold on to. The book, again, is Dark Valleys, When You Love Jesus But Hate Life. And uh, thank you for writing this. I'm sure that uh, it'll impact people and get it at Amazon or wherever books are sold. How do people uh, find you at your church? Uh, best way to uh, find me at our church, come visit. Anytime you're uh, out in Santa Clarita, you're going to Six Flags, Magic Mountain, we're, uh, we're literally a mile away from that great, grand amusement park. So come out and visit us on a, on a Thursday night or a Sunday morning, or I can be reached by email on the website. It's there. Well, maybe I'll do that. I'll take my kids to Magic Mountain and say, we're leaving early because we're going to church. <laughs> we're going to church. See how that goes. Yeah, well, Todd, thanks for being with me, and I uh, really appreciate uh, your time today, and thanks for being with us on the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you. All right. We will be back as the Monday edition continues in just a moment. You can follow me on all the social medias at Pastor Scott Show. Just give us a follow at Pastor Scott Show. Share it with a friend and uh, connect with us there. Lots going on on there. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. How are you? Good to be back with you. It's Monday. A little gloomy out. A little rain coming, I guess, off and on. Uh, coming up, I think, this week. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We're together each and every day from 3 to 5, talking about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557 is the number. We have been talking about going through, you know, maybe dark times in your life and how to push through it. Can I tell you something? And if you're younger, especially, and you decide what younger means, but something that I enjoy about my age, I like being older. I don't like kind of some of the things that come with it, right? Being more tired and the knees hurt and things like that. But I like the fact that I've gone through things today and or in my life where I've gone through that the valley of the shadow of death, or I've gone through really difficult times where I just want it out. You ever get to that place where you just want out and you pray and you beg God to take you out. And sometimes you beg God to take other people out. <laughs> you know, maybe you know, David does that, right? Break the teeth of my enemies, David writes in the Psalms. But what you see is David working himself through, working himself, you know, through these situations that go on. And something I have discovered that you know, like intellectually, if you're a believer and a Christ follower, you should know this, that the Lord will take you through those places and that he's working with you. But once you've gone through it and you get to the other side of that crucible, once you've gone through a period of time in your life that's really hard and you get to the other side, if you remain faithful during that time, you find out that God is always with you even when you're not sure. You find out and you, and you recognize that. And you recognize that in many cases, I'm either so much better than I was before, uh, if not physically or whatever my position is or whatever my health was, whatever the issue is, is either better or even if those 
temporal things are not better. My faith is better. My trust in God is better. My ability to recognize when I'm going through a hard time that the Lord is with me. When you realize that, when you trust the Lord that way, let me tell you something, life is pretty good. You stop worrying. I'm a worrier, or I used to be. I don't, I don't consider myself a worrier anymore. I probably don't worry enough about certain things, but I used to worry so much even as a kid. It was part of who I was. I had a, my pediatrician, his name was Babusis, Dr. Babusis. Uh, I, I, would, I don't know how old he was at the time. I imagine he's no longer around because I've reached that particularly. He might be 100 years old somewhere. Uh, give me a call if you want to, 888-528-2557. But I was so, as a kid even, just so worked up about things that Dr. Babusas told my mother, she said, he said, never put him in, sun, in, uh, in summer school. And back then it was a little different, like summer school, you know, it was maybe not exactly the same today. It's, you know, today you have things that you go to and you have camps and maybe you have a special project you're on, you know, you do things during the summer. But what he said to my mom back then, that wasn't that case. Summer school was probably if you were failing or, you know, you had to go for different reasons. And we still have that. But he said, never put him in it because this kid needs his time off. This kid needs a way to work through these things and to de-stress somehow. I must have been six or seven years old. I don't know exactly what, you know, when I look back, I remember worrying about things, you know, worrying if I'm ever going to get married, uh, worrying if, uh, you know, certain things would work out in different ways in, in life. And I don't know, I, I worried about all kinds of things as a kid. And then even growing up, I had, I had like stomach problems and lots of things that are probably worry related or anxiety related. Uh, I wouldn't have called it anxiety at the time so much, but just kind of my brain just wouldn't shut off and just concerned about things and how's this going to work out and, and those moments. And I got to tell you that when you, at, today I don't have that uh, much at all, you know, moments you know, of that, but to understand that you are with in the Lord's hands, when you grasp that, it makes you so much stronger, whatever you're going through. And you get there by going through your Bible, you get there by I think going through those hard times and realizing, you know, uh, at the end of it, I came out better. And it's one of those things where I think it's hard to to communicate that with each other sometimes because you just have to go through it, right? It's once you've done that, you are in a better place. Once you have gone to the other side and you can look back and see all the things that God has done through that period of time. Once you have chosen to trust God and take a risk with something, to trust God and do that thing that you know you got to do, but you're afraid to do it. And I'll tell you what, as a pastor, there's a lot of those things, but you have them in your job. You have them maybe with your family. You've got them with somebody that you know. There's something that might be on your mind that you know you ought to do, that this is probably the Lord prompting you to do something. I do believe the Lord does that to us. You got to pray through that and you got to read the scripture and filter it through the scripture because it might be something else. But I do think that the Lord does that all the time. And once you do that, when you take that risk and you put yourself out there and you realize, you know, I'm making this change at work or I'm making this change at the church or I have addressed this issue within my family or I have gone to the doctor finally to have them uh, take a look at this pain I've been ignoring. Once you've done that, you have walked into a world where reality is going to be revealed and sometimes initially that's painful. Sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it's 
exactly what you anticipated. But I'll tell you what, just speaking from a lot of experience in this issue with myself and with other people, when you go through it and you realize that you can walk with the Lord through those dark times, you're better off for it. Do you ever have that experience? You can call me and share it real quick here, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. This is the Pastor Scott Show. And I want to encourage you that way. And I want to encourage you to realize that the people that you go to church with or the people that you're working with or the people you're going to school with, they're going through something, right? There's something going on in their life and it might not be your business, uh, but they're going, they may never tell you, but they're going through something. Would you pray for those people today? those people that are in your relational world and just say, God, I pray for that person. I pray that whatever is going on in their life, whether this is a a peak of their life where everything seems like it's going well, or this is a deep valley where they're struggling, I pray that they understand they can give their life to you, that you will walk through them if they will welcome you and pray for their salvation. You know, how often, how often in your prayer time, or maybe you have a church prayer meeting or a church prayer list or things like that. Lots of churches have lists of people who are sick. I went to one church one time where they had different prayer lists, and they had one prayer list that was, they had two, three prayer lists. One was for uh, sick people. One was for other things that weren't sickness related, but things, prayer requests that people put in. There was a third one that was like a second sick one, but it was just the cancer list, right? It was just everybody's got cancer. And uh, I had a youth director one time sit down with me and goes, it seems like everybody's getting cancer. And I said, no, just more people you know are getting cancer because you're getting old. Uh, That's what was going on. Well, they had a cancer list, right? But I went through that. It was a big church and I went through that whole list and none of it was praying for my neighbor who needs to know Jesus. None of it was praying that I have a better testimony with the people that God has placed in my life. And part of our Christian walk is realizing that we're on a mission that's not just about us making it through the valley. We might be going through that valley, or we are going through that valley, I would say, in such a way to give us an opportunity to grow closer to to God so that we have a better testimony, so that we are used for his missional purposes. And when you realize that too, when you realize I'm going through this tough time and I don't want to go through it, I wish I didn't have to go through it, but since I'm going through it, maybe I'm going to meet somebody who is going to have a spiritual need that I can meet. Maybe because I'm going through this, I'm going to be more effective later in ministering to people because I've had that experience and then I can go out and find people who have gone through it. Many of you who are in recovery programs, you do that. You still go to AA or you still go to celebrate recovery or you go to your group and you've recovered for a long time. You know, you've been sober for a long time, but you recognize, you know what? I can help other people because I've been there. And you probably would say, I wish I'd never had to go through that. And I think that's fair. But at the same time, you might say, but since that's the way this world is, I'm glad I went through that with the Lord because now I'm able to help other people. And you might be in a place where you prevent other people from going through that. You help people see what kind of bad decisions they might be about to make, and then they don't make that decision. That's a wonderful thing that God can use you for. Sometimes you try that, and then they make the decision anyway, but that's what you did, so you know what that whole process is about. You know, every single thing that comes into our life, God can redeem for something good, something good that is for you in a way that it helps grow your faith, but also is good for the people that God puts in your life. And the biggest one is when it puts you in a position where you get to share with Jesus. And they say, 
how did you go through this? You went through this before. How did you do that? And when you can say, I went through it with Jesus at my side, when you can say it was horrific, I wish I hadn't done it. Sometimes you get into a difficult situation because you chose to do it and it's the right choice you had to make. You're just going to have to go through it. Other times you're in it because you made a stupid choice. Either way, you go through something and you walk with Jesus, you come out on the other side stronger in your faith, more prepared to go through the next one when it comes, and they keep coming. The worst thing that happens to you one day is you get sick and you die or something happens and you die, but then you get to go be with Jesus if you know him. In the meantime, you get to be used by Jesus in the greatest endeavor that has ever been given humanity, and that is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples of him. That's the greatest thing that we've been given. And you can do that today just by beginning, by even just praying for the people you know. So would you do that today? And pray not just for their health issues or for their professional issues or their schooling issues or or pray for their kids or whatever that might be bugging them, because that, that's something you should pray for that. But also pray for their salvation if they're not a Christian yet, if they're not a follower of Jesus, pray for that. Ask God to use you in that process, and then trust God that you're capable, that he He can. It's a strange thing that God uses us for those things, but he does, and he's done that wildly successfully for 2,000 years. With all of the troubles that we've had, the gospel of Christ has reached nearly the whole world because of people just like you. Trust the Lord for that. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us on social media, TikTok, and uh, yes, we're on that that one, TikTok, and on Facebook and Instagram, and X at Pastor Scott Show. Give us a follow at Pastor Scott Show. Make a comment, share it with your friends. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.